Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to the Match Day Reaction Show. Uh, we're going to sort of analyze uh, the games that, that have taken place over the last two days. Not all the games, but the big ones. And it's been an incredible, incredible weekend of action. I mean, uh, so many games and so many uh, surprising twists and turns and results to, to watch out for. I mean, it, 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 is, it, is, it is one of the, I, I think this is one of the better weekends that, that we've had. Uh, in a long, long time, uh, just in terms of the unpredictability of the results, the quality of the games. I think it's been interesting. But before we begin, on that note, I do want to say uh, congratulations to Rangers and Rangers FC fans. If any of you are watching this uh, show, uh, congratulations on winning your 55th uh, Scottish League title. Uh, the first one in a long, long time. Celtic had won nine in a row. Uh, and finally, that streak has been broken. Rangers officially winning the title. And Steven Gerrard gets his first league title. Uh, as as a manager or as a player, I, I know, I know, but yeah, but I mean, congratulations. I I get, I get. Congratulations to Steven Gerrard. Congratulations to Rangers. Congratulations to Rangers FC fans. Uh, absolutely uh, wonderful accomplishment. And uh, you're still in the Europa League. Rangers are still in the Europa League, so don't count them out. There could very well be more joy to come. We'll see how far they can make it in that in that tournament. But that that conversation is for another day. Uh, but nonetheless, enjoy, enjoy that, enjoy the victory. And obviously, as I, as I jokingly put this out, I said, how long is it before Steven Gerrard gets start, starts getting linked to the Liverpool job? Uh, it might be sooner than you think. It might be sooner than you think. Uh, but we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one in a moment. We'll start with yesterday's games. Uh, Arsenal against Burnley. I mean, I predicted Arsenal to win. A scrappy 1-0 win is what I think I predicted. And uh, to be honest, it just, I mean, it, they, they, they started so well, 1-0 up. And, uh, you know, the fantastic uh, finish from Omar Mayang, really wonderful take. And then Jaka does, does, does something stupid, doesn't he? And, and there's a lot of people that are saying, well, did Jaka, was Jaka put in trouble because of Leno? Maybe, maybe that is true. But still, you know, you can't excuse that, that uh, error that he made. And I mean, I don't think the result made, makes much of a difference anyway to Arsenal's uh, ambitions in the league this season. I, it, it seems with each passing week that they are going to have to face a season without European football, unless unless they can win the Europa League, which uh, is not a far-fetched possibility. It is a possibility. But it's, it's just, it's one of those things where Arsenal, they seem to have, you know, they, they, seem, to, they seem to be getting it, and then suddenly they don't have it anymore. It's just, it, it's frustrating. It must be frustrating being an Arsenal fan. It's frustrating to watch them uh, play, because at times the play is so sublime, and then suddenly you see something ridiculous happen. And it's just sometimes the same game. Sometimes from one game to the other, sometimes the same game. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. What do you think as an Arsenal fan? Let me know in the comment section what you think. But uh, it's just, it was uh, something to just a sight to behold. And then VAR, I mean, that, you know, refereeing. And I mean, this is something that's uh, not new. It's not something that's new. It's something that keeps happening week in, week out. We keep saying it, English referees are incompetent. And I've said this multiple times, you know, uh, UEFA and FIFA, who are probably the worst and the most incompetent football organizations, in the in in you know and probably one of the most incompetent sporting organizations uh, in the world, they think that English referees are incompetent. So I mean that just tells you the level that that English referees are at. That an incompetent organization thinks that they are incompetent. I mean how 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 far uh, low do you want to go from that? Uh, but it's this it's incredible. And I, and I watched the Bundesliga game between Bayern and and Dortmund. And I thought that's pretty smooth. I mean there were a couple of decisions where you know there was a, there was a penalty decision that we uh, gave. There was another one where, you know, there was possibly the check, but it's just so smooth. It's so smooth how they operate. It's so simple, you know, and, and it just brings me back to the point. I think that there's, 
you know, in England, I think, and this is in a, in, in a broader conversation about English football in general, I think English football in general is just too rigid. Like there's too much of an adherence, there's too much of a strictness about the rules. Whereas I think in, in Germany, in Italy, in Spain, I think there's a bit more fluid interpretation of the rules. And I think there's a bit more common sense application. And we see that even with foul throws, right? I mean, you know, we often hear in commentary that in Spain, Italy, foul throws aren't a thing, right? And people just get on with it. Like, you know, most of the time, unless it's a really, really bad throw, nobody really, you know, cares much about foul throws. But in England, foul throws are a thing. If you don't throw it properly, you get, you get, you know, uh, penalized for a foul throw. So I think there's in England, there's just this thing about having a stricter interpretation of the rules a really rigid interpretation. And I think that makes a difference even with the application of VAR because it is just, it's just at times the game isn't fluid enough um, and that, you know, causes issues. But nonetheless, I mean, I know it doesn't excuse the incompetence. It doesn't, I, you know, I'm not justifying it. I think it's just, there's a reason for the incompetence and that just, it, it doesn't make it better. It's just, it's just what it is. And you just have to get on with it sometimes. But I, I think, um, I think Arsenal will be disappointed with that result and disappointed with the fact that, you know, we're talking about VAR again. But I think um, ultimately, I don't think a win would have made that much of a difference to where Arsenal season is heading, in you know, in the in terms of where the, of the Premier League at least. But nonetheless, you know, one all uh, fair enough result there. Uh, and then we come to Leicester against Brighton, and I think you know, Leicester won two one. And I thought Leicester would win. I thought they would win one nil because I didn't expect Brighton to score. But but Brighton did score. They did score, and I think it's a you know, and when Brighton scored, you thought. One nil. Here we go. Leicester in trouble. Are they going to be able to get back into this? Are they going to be able to score? And I mean, those two goals they scored, and in fact, the way they scored them coming from behind, you know, it's a late goal as well from Daniel Amarte. I think 87th minute that he scores a goal. I think that will really please Leicester because they needed that. They needed it really, really badly. They need some strength of character. They need some belief back, and I think this will give them that. I think Kelechi Anacho, fantastic goal midweek, and again scores here. He's he's I, he's one of those players. When I saw him in Manchester City, I thought. Maybe they have something there. They have a player there because he turns up and he scores goals in the big games. He may not be the most technically proficient player, but he's a player who can turn up and score goals. If you give him a consistent enough run, he can get you goals. He's never got that at Manchester City. Uh, he's not really got that at Leicester as well because Leicester have Vardy. But I think if, if he can now keep getting those 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 games, and, I, and you know, inside time, Leicester need to start looking for uh, successors to Vardy anyway. But I think if he can keep that up, I think there's a player there who could be something. And but you know, but this goal will give him a lot of confidence to get that equalizing goal, to score twice in two games. I think he's going to enjoy that. Um, and then, but for Leicester as a team overall, though, just the fact that they've scored, uh, you know, they've, they've come back, you know, in a game to win. They've had the real issues uh, in the last couple of games. Arsenal going out in the Europa. Things, people starting to talk about how they might, you know, bottle the top four race again. I said that as well, you know, is, is it possible that it might happen? Can, can lightning strike twice? You know, all those thoughts, they go into your head. It's very easy to go into a negative zone. And you're trailing against Brighton. And then they pull themselves back and they got a win that's going to give them a lot of confidence. The good news for Leicester is now they don't have to play midweek. You know, United, Arsenal, Spurs, um, I think Liverpool as well this week, Chelsea, they're all going to be playing uh, midweek. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, Leicester don't. Leicester don't have to play midweek. So I think they'll be very, very happy uh, with that and, and, you know, and having that rest off. And, I, and they need it. They need, they, 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 there's a team that looks tired and knackered. So going to that one week break now, getting that little bit of time off, I think would be really, 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 really helpful for them. And, um, you know, it gives them a chance to recover. So maybe, maybe from this point, they can be more consistent and get the points that they need to secure top four. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, an important three points, an important result for Leicester in the context of where they're headed and where their season's headed. 
then we come to Sunday, we come to Super Sunday, as they sometimes, marketing people like to call it Super Sunday. Uh, I don't know if I would call it Super Sunday, but I, uh, but it is, it was an interesting one. We start with Liverpool against Fulham. And the reason why I said Gerard might, you know, might be getting glances is because I thought Liverpool, I mean, raise your hands if anybody thought that was coming. I didn't see that coming. I know some Liverpool fans were like, well, I saw that coming. Or, you know, they, oh, I saw that coming. I don't think anyone saw that coming. If you're honest with, with yourself, unless you're psychic, you really didn't see that coming, did you? It's, I mean, full, I thought maybe there's a draw in there. Maybe, you know, Liverpool might struggle to score because Fulham, you know, did hold them to a draw in the last game. But I, I you know, it's just, there's something that Liverpool have lost. Um, and I know he put out, and I know Klopp put out a sort of weakened team. A lot of people will say they put out a weakened team. But it's Liverpool at home. Fair enough, you know, you don't get a lot of home advantage. But it's Liverpool against Fulham. Fulham are a, a team that's just come up from the championship. It's a, If you're a Liverpool player, you've got to be able to perform in these sort of games. Otherwise, you're not good enough to play for Liverpool. So, you know, it's just... It's incredible to think where Liverpool was seven nil against Crystal Palace. You know that's that's the score they won. I put this out there. I said, is anyone going to stop Liverpool? They look like they finally hit top form again. They're going to go on a run. They're going to win games. And then since then, it's just been one low after another after another. Sometimes you know, and that's what we say always. I mean, sometimes big results are often you know the calm before the storm of a downfall. I mean, we saw United as well three two. They beat Liverpool in in the FA Cup, and then since then it's been stutter after stutter after stutter. You know, they lost to Sheffield United the next game. It just it's so difficult to play, but Liverpool have lost something this season. And I know it's easy to blame Virgil van Dijk. Uh, it's easy to blame, you know, the injuries, but they just lost something. They, you know, they don't, I, I don't know whether it's a lack of hunger. I don't know whether it's a team losing, you know, believing that they're at the end of a cycle and losing their motivation. I don't know if it's the manager who's, you know, I mean, there's more things than just saying that the, that the team has been found out. I don't think you can, you can just simply put that to the team being found out. Because even if a team is found out, you still expect them to come up with results in games like this. But they didn't. And it's just, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it. They just don't seem like they're able to score goals. I don't think they, I don't think Liverpool go into a game believing they can score goals. I think that's 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 something that's important. And that is something. I don't know why that why it's why I, that belief is missing, but it's missing. Is the fact that you know it's 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 they just don't they don't have that belief. I mean, aside from the Jota shot in the second half, I think Jota is probably one of the players who believes he can score because he hasn't been bogged down by this negative streak of results because he's been injured. But aside from that, it just feels like, you know, they just don't feel like you know we can go in and we can win games or we can score goals, and that's not good. You know, you're not going to win games if you don't believe you can win games. So I mean, I I don't know, but Fulham deserved the win, perfect performance. Uh, you know. And we say that, you know, you go after Liverpool, try and get the early goal. Don't try to park the bus. Keep, an, keep you know, keep that threat open. They didn't do the second part. They didn't keep that threat open. They were actually pretty poor when they had the ball in the second half. But by that time, I think they were just out on their feet. I, was, I, think, I think, you know, the amount of energy that they took out, they just thought, you know what, uh, we're not going to take this forward. We're just going to try and sit. Um, I thought Slop got his selections wrong uh, in this one. James Miller to me now, I think he's starting to look like he's 35. I think there was a long time when he was like, you know, he's 35, but he had plays like 25. But I think this season he's starting to look 35. I, I think it's time now to to uh, to probably start thinking about him as a rotation option, or you know, a sort of a, you know off the bench, you know, when you're when you're three nil up kind of option. I don't think he's 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 a starter for Liverpool anymore. I don't think he is. Um, and I know some people might disagree. And you know, if you if you think like that, you can let me know in the comment section what you think if you're a Liverpool fan about James Miller. But I just feel that James Miller now. He's starting low. This is not an indictment of James Miller. And I don't think he's the reason why Liverpool lost today. Or he's the sole reason why Liverpool lost today. He just doesn't look uh, like he starts. He's, it's, it probably is a season. It, whatever it is, he's looking like he's 35. He's not looking like the ageless wonder that he was last season. And that happens to the best of us. That happens to all of us. So I, I think it's time for him to, uh, to sort of ex- 
not be starting such games anymore. Um, Nabi Keita has just been a disappointment as in, in that team. He just doesn't, it's been in, bugged by injuries. When he plays, the team doesn't look so, doesn't win. It just doesn't work. But I, I, I mean, I can get if, if Curtis Jones was rested because he has to play in the Champions League in midweek, I think that is fine. But um, if he has been rested because, uh, uh, you know, he's been dropped because, you know, God wants to give other people, leads in other people, I think that's a mistake. So, um, it's just what it is. But six defeats in a row for Liverpool, 68 wins unbeaten, 68 unbeaten, not wins, but 68 unbeaten before that at home. And then now it's six straight defeats. It's, just, it's, it's one of those things that you get turned around on your head and stuff like that. There's all sorts of metaphors that go around, but it's just, uh, it's a difficult, it's a difficult, difficult task. But I mean, it's, it's Klopp. You know, he's, 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 he's got to have something that it's going to turn it around. You've got to believe that he's got something that he can turn it around with. Uh, but they are in danger now, missing out on top four. They are in real danger. It's not over yet, uh, not by a long shot. There's still 10 games left. There's a lot of time left. Uh, and as we know, you know, the Liverpool six games, you know, bef- they were certainties to win the title uh, before they went on this run. And now a few games later, they're, they're now, uh, you know, danger of missing out so of the top four. So And then you can quickly change again. They'll be back in the top four race. Uh, and they only need to look at the team that's just above them right now uh, for, for what can happen uh, in the space of a few weeks. And we'll talk about them in a bit, but uh, but it's not over yet. But Liverpool are struggling, and I think I think they need to sort it out quickly. I think maybe a change in system is needed. I don't think the four-three-three is working. Maybe he needs to try something else. Maybe Salah and Mane need to be closer to goal. Maybe Shorter needs to be closer to goal. Maybe they need to go all-out attack in the next couple of games because you know whatever it is, something needs to change, and uh, hopefully something will uh, tactically. But we'll see what happens uh, in the upcoming games, and then the Manchester derby. Uh, the biggest game probably of the weekend, probably is of the weekend, it's the biggest game, uh, Manchester Derby, Manchester City against Manchester United, Manchester United 21 games unbeaten away from home coming into this one, the last four have all been draws though, so that's a little bit of a skewed uh, uh, statistic there, I mean, been pretty poor form to be honest, they've been really, really terrible in front of goal, really bad performance, and then you're up against Manchester City, the juggernaut just keeps rolling on and on and on and on, 21 games uh, w- winning streak in all competitions. I mean, there are fair enough, there are a few cup games in there against not exactly very good opposition, the likes of Cheltenham and things like that. But still, 21 games uh, in a row that they've won perfect, uh, without a shadow of doubt, the best team in the league this season right now. So far this season, they have been the best team in the league. There's absolutely no doubt. I think they're probably one of the top three teams in Europe uh, at the moment. And uh, and then I say top two, they're probably top two as well. You could probably put them alongside a five with Liverpool. PSG, may or may not, you can make a case for them. Maybe PSG are actually struggling in the league. Huh? So you, you don't necessarily know. So I'd probably put them second best in uh, the top two teams, not second best, but the top two teams in Europe right now, uh, alongside Bayern Munich. They come into this game and you, and, and I said this, I thought it's going to be 3 0 uh, to City because I couldn't see where United were going to score from. And, uh, and, I, and I said this, I said this, I made this point. I said, this is the game. This is not going to decide the league title. That's already decided. I don't think the result changes it. Um, you know, but this is a game that's going to that's going to tell us is has Pep Guardiola learned from his lessons of you know being eliminated eliminated in the Champions League in the last couple of seasons, where when it comes to the big games, he's going to go with the team that has got him success. He's not going to overthink it. He's not going to try and think that too much. Just go with the team that has got you this far. Just trust them. You know, play them. And don't do and 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 just let let that happen. Let's see what happens because the worst thing that can happen is you would lose, you know, this game. But then you're you're losing with your tinker anyway. So why not just try and keep it? And what does he do? He tinkers with the team. He tinkers with the team. He takes out Phil Foden, which I thought was a mistake. Absolutely, Phil Foden needs to be starting games. 
and especially these kind of games. He's been in terrific form this season, and he brings in Gabriel Jesus, who, um, you know, I've not seen a lot of him as much as City fans have seen, but if you ask any City fan, they'll be saying Jesus needs to be sold. Um, even before this game, most of them don't, don't rate Jesus, and he brings him in. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't understand the logic behind that. And then within 35 seconds, Gabriel Jesus uh, tells Pep, you know what, you shouldn't have started me because he gives away a penalty. And that really was the only way United were going to score the first goal of the game. There was no way they were going to break City down to get that first goal. Um, with the way that they were playing in the first half, especially, I think it, it just changed the complexion of the game. 35 seconds in, Martial wins a penalty. He's not going anywhere. He's got, you know, Jesus got, the, he's, he's in front of the defense. All four defenders were, were ahead. You know, if you look at it, all four defenders could see where Martial was. So it wasn't like he had gotten behind anyone. He had, he had a full defense to get in front. Stones in the ass had it covered. Zinchenko um, was not too far away as well. But then, but then get Jesus for some reason decides, you know what, I'm going to make a tackle. And he makes a tackle and it's in the box and it's a penalty. And uh, Bruno Fernandes steps up. Edison should have done better probably to save it. It wasn't the best of penalties. But sometimes I think it was just one of those games where your luck is in, your luck is in. And United's luck was in today. Uh, not just for that goal, but for, other, for, other, for everything I think today, United's luck was in and it just goes in and it's a goal. Um, and it's one of those games where, you know, things, everything goes against you and you can still win those kind of games. With your, with your quality and, you know, putting a little bit. But today, I think it just wasn't there. Uh, but that first goal goes in and City's game plan goes out the window. I think, that, I think that's where to say City's game plan went out the window. The moment that first goal went in, because United could then say, you know what? Okay, we're going to sit back. Now we're 1-0 up. You know, you know we can a nil-nil is what United would have taken. But once they had 1-0, it didn't change their game plan. The game plan was the same. They were going to sit back. They were going to soak up pressure and hit them on the counter. The problem is for City, being nil-nil, they could probably afford to be a little bit more passive, could afford to be a little bit more... Uh, um, relax and, and try and work openings. But in one nil, they just became desperate. And they were trying to, you know, work. There was a lot of rushed passes. There were a lot of crosses, aimless crosses in the box. Uh, there were there were lots of chances that half chances that another day could have become, uh, you know, full chances. But somehow or the other, every time they had the ball in the box, either they shot wide, there was a Rodley shot on the post, or or uh, you know, United player got was close enough to them to get them away, or or United, you know, got in the way. So. It, it was certainly a combination of everything. I think it was very good defensive performance, but that first goal just changed the whole game. And then second half, uh, Rodri hits the shot in the post. And then right after that, Shaw goes up the other end, scores a goal. Luke Shaw, a player who, uh, you know, Jose Mourinho said he was going to, you know, who would have been sold, I think, at the end. Uh, you know, if Jose Mourinho had stayed at the club, I don't think he would have lasted beyond the season that Jose was sacked. Um, a player who's been on the, on the periphery for a long time, who's been... Famously, a lot of players don't rate. A lot of people said that when Alex Tillis came in, is that the end of Luke Shaw? And he's actually just taken his game to another level. I think he's just been an incredible player this season. If it wasn't for Bruno Fernandes, I think Luke Shaw would be the player of the season uh, by a mile this year. I think I think he's been a level above everybody except Bruno. I think he's been a level above everybody else in that team. Um, and it's just it's just uh, a phenomenal performance. And it's incredible that he has not played for England despite in all this time. I think the last one and a half years he's been. He's been consistently been. He's probably been one of the two left backs in England for the last year and a half. Injuries notwithstanding, he's had few periods with injuries. I think this is the first season where he's not had a, a major injury that's kept him out for a very long time. So that's good for him. Um, but he's never. He's still not played for England. He has not been called. And you expect him to be recalled now? I, I would hope that he, as a United fan, I would hope that he's not recalled because, quite frankly, you know, you would rather have get, let him have that rest for a week or whatever and, and not worry about England. But I think he will be called up this time around. I think because you know, along with Ben Chilwell. Uh, it's just such a tough, tough time to be a, a fullback because there's so much competition for those places. But uh, Luke Shaw was excellent, and that goal that he took, 
I couldn't believe it went in. I, I couldn't believe it went in. I said, how did the hell, is there was a deflection, there was no deflection. I think if there was a deflection, that goal would not have gone in, but there were three people around him and all of them, I think, stuck a leg out, but somehow managed to squirm in between all three of them. Again, when your luck is in, it's in. I think it's one of those days. Nine, 99 times out of 100, that goal does not go in. That goal hits, uh, either Edison saves it, it hits one of the players, it deflects on one of the players' legs, uh, you know, he scuffs his shot, something happens, but, you know, on a day when your luck is in, it's in, and Luke Shaw got that goal. And then Martial gets such a good chance to make it 3 0. They McDominay did so well in that move uh, to get it away. And then, you know, even as he's falling away, he's been fouled, he's falling over, but he still manages, has, has this presence of mind to play a pass to Martial and Martial's a score. I think that that is a goal that he could score. And so, despite having a wonderful performance today, I, I, you know, you know, good performance today, not a regular 7 out of 10 is what some people, you know, if you're giving a rating, that's what I would have given him a 7 out of 10. I think he had a very good performance. Some people would say it was 8 out of 10. The reason why I didn't give him an 8 out of 10 is because of that miss. And that misses the reason for me why United need a better striker. Because in a tight game, uh, today it didn't matter because they were 2-0 up. But in a tight game, if it's nil-nil, you know, he, that, that, that is a chance that he should be scoring. And that, that sometimes that can decide games. And, uh, you know, and that's why Martial is, you know, he's, he's someone who's always, you know, going to have question marks about him because of the fact that he can't finish chances like that. Um, but ultimately, 2-0, great win for United. It doesn't mean a lot for the title race. City are still going to win the title. It's just they've left it too late, United, unfortunately. Um, but it's a win that will give them a bit of confidence. Of, and, and the fact that Leicester won and the fact that Chelsea play Everton uh, tomorrow, so one of those teams are going to drop points, this is a massive win for them just to make sure that they can keep that gap uh, with the rest of the chasing pack of the top four. I think that, that is important for them to get that win. So all things considered, yes, I think it's a very important win uh, for, for Spur United and for Solskjaer. Does it mean a lot in the context of the season? Not really, it doesn't. Um, because, you know, United do very well go and lose to uh, Milan. I know, you know, for a fact, I know that West Ham are going to give United a tough game and United are going to struggle to beat West Ham. I know that we all know that's going to happen now. Um, you know, but it's a good win, three points. I think that's that's the way to look at it. It's more on the next game. Uh, for City, it's a good wake-up call ahead of... Uh, they're probably going to get through to the quarterfinal anyway because Mönchengladbach are not that good. And depending on who they play, quarterfinal. I think this is a lesson for Pep as well that he's got to stick to his his. Uh, his he, you know, you need to make changes and rotations, but these are not the games where you try to rate the squad too much. Just stick with your best eleven, the eleven that gets you to the point where you've gotten, and just stick with that and just play it and see what happens. Because the alternative is that you lose anyway, so why not just stick with what you've got? So that those are just my takeaways from that game. Uh, and then we come to the final game, and I think this was important game because I I looked at it in the context of what I saw. Crystal Palace against Manchester United. Now, that was the game that we saw. Nil-nil. United looked absolutely clueless in that game. One shot on target. Had nothing going. Palace, you know, people they played a really good game. Very good defensively. Did everything right defensively. And then they come to this game against Spurs. And Spurs are a team that are a defensive team by nature, apparently, you know, under Jose Mourinho. But they found a new lease of life with this 4 4 one Really good. Gareth Bale suddenly looks like the world-class player that he was, like he, that he was in 2014. Um, everything seems to be clicking. And they score four goals. They go and they win four one. It's just incredible. And and the first thing that I thought uh, was, if you look at the midfield two today, it was Wings and Hoybeek. That's not that's not a significant upgrade on Fred and McTominay. I don't think Wings and, and Hoybeek are that much better than Fred and McTominay. Maybe a little bit, maybe in certain areas. But I I think that they're pretty even. I, I don't think Hoybeek or Wings carry the goal threat that McTominay does. Um, and I don't and and maybe Wings and Hoybeek have a little a little slightly better at passing. Uh, then McDominay and Fred, but not by that much. It's not much of a difference, but the difference is in the front three. It's in that front or that front four. You know, Kane, Bale, um, Son, far more clinical. Any day of the week, they're far more clinical than James or Greenwood or Martial or Rashford. 
uh, maybe even Kamani you could put in there, they found they're just at a different level. And that is the difference. A lot of people blame midfield, you know, they won't, you know, there's not enough creativity. But the thing is, sometimes it's just about taking your chances. I mean, Martial missed that chance against City. Do you think Kane, Kane wouldn't miss that chance? Bale wouldn't miss that chance. The goals that they said uh, the Spurs scored today, Gareth Bale, a tap in, a winger tapping in a goal. Could you imagine Rashford doing that? No, not really. James has added that to his game of late, but it's not consistently enough doing that. Do, do you see uh, Rashford doesn't do that? He does. He doesn't score tap-ins for whatever reason. Uh, the 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 second goal was a world-class goal. Fair enough. You know we've seen Rashford and Martial do that from time to time. Probably not as consistent. Um, you know, not so not the second goal. Third goal uh, was a nice, consistent, world-class goal. Uh, the second goal, um, a header, a wonderful header again. Who in the team has the heading ability? Maybe Cavani has a bit of it, but I don't see Martial or Rashford scoring those kind of goals. Bale scores that. So, you know, it, it's just the clinicality. You know, I'm not saying that having, you know, a clinical forward line is suddenly going to make United world champions or world, world, world beaters. It's not. But the difference is there. It's, it's, it's a difference between being a, a contending, uh, a, in second place contending for the title and being in second place and, uh, you know, and contending for top four. Right? That, that's the difference that, that having a top class forward line makes. Uh, it, it, it masks some of the issues that the midfield has, but we don't have, United don't have that. They just don't have that. Spurs have that right now. Kane is in incredible form. Bale has found his form again. Brilliant goals. All four brilliant goals, by the way. Nothing taking, nothing away from Spurs. Brilliant goals. I think the difference for Spurs is Sergio Reguilón. The more I watch Spurs, the more I think Sergio Reguilón makes such a difference on the left-back side. He's such a marauding presence. And I think him, because of his ability to cross, and Ben Davis is a good player, and when you want to defend, I think you, you, you do worse in finding a full-back than Ben Davis. I think Ben Davis is a very good defensive full-back. But offensively, I think Reguilón is just on a whole different level. He's, he's brilliant, you know, going forward. He's crossing, his ability to run at, at, at the opposition wingers and, and defenders. It's just fantastic. And he makes a big difference to the Spurs team offensively. And it's no surprise they're doing so well now, you know, that he's back in the team. Obviously, the 4-4-1-1 works a treat uh, with, and, and, and plays to the strengths of the Spurs team. But having Reguilón, uh, you know, set up those goals and, 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 you know, setting up those attacking plays is wonderful. I think it was brilliant for that third goal. Brilliant throughout um, and uh, you know that that's something the hope that he can stay fit for the rest of the season. The question, of course, is how long where, where does Reguilón go? With does he want to go back right now? I think Fellaini Mandi is a better left back than Reguilón at Real Madrid. So you know, but Marcelo is is, is going to leave at some point. He's he's going to he's, he's aging now, so he's probably going to retire in a year or two or leave Madrid anyway. So does Reguilón want to stay at Spurs and be first choice left back at Spurs, or does he want to go back to Madrid? and be second choice left back at Madrid. That's, I think that will be something that will have to weigh up. I mean, that's going to be something down the line. It's not nothing not now. It's going to come later. I think that's, just, that's, that's something to look forward to as well. But fantastic win for Spurs. They're now back in the top four title race for sure. I mean, the top four race, definitely for sure. They've gone ahead of Liverpool. Um, they'll probably, you know, West Ham need to beat Leeds. Uh, otherwise, they're up above West Ham as well now. Um, I mean, it's just tightening up, isn't it? It's just hotting up and heating up and heating up and heating up. Uh, you've got Manchester United, you've got Leicester, you've got Chelsea, you've got uh, West Ham, Spurs, Liverpool, Everton. That's seven teams fighting for three spots. Seven teams fighting for three spots. Which four are going to miss out? I think that's going to be a very, very interesting thing. And I I can't predict it. Which four teams are going to miss out? I can't predict it. it. It's just so difficult to say anything. I think we'll probably know maybe at the 34, 33rd, 34th game. I think we can start doing predictions. I think at this point it's too close to call. All seven teams. Any of them could miss out. Even Man United, any of them could miss out on the top four. Any of them could, any of them could make it. So it's just so difficult to call. But that's that's interesting. We don't have a title race this season, but at least we have uh, 
something else to look forward to, which is the top four race. Um, and that's that's a nice little consolation, isn't it? Um, relegation side as well. I think Fulham's win puts them back in the mix now. Uh, Brighton are in trouble. Uh, definitely Brighton are just ahead on goal difference. So they're in trouble. Uh, Newcastle are getting sucked in. Uh, West Brom is uh, probably too late for them. Maybe, maybe not. Might be too late. But definitely Fulham, uh, Newcastle, Brighton are probably the three teams right now that are probably in the most... Uh, are going to fight for that final relegation spot. And Sheffield United are pretty much, pretty much done at this point. To be honest, it just seems seems like a bit too far for them, which is sad based on what they had last season. But such are the such is life in the, in the Premier League. Uh, we've got two games coming up tomorrow. We've got West Ham against Leeds, and we've got Everton against Chelsea. And that's a massive game. Chelsea Everton. It's it's fourth against fifth uh, as it was at the start of the weekend. Um, and and it's a good result uh, for United because now whatever happens, they're going to be ahead on at least one of their on the, the chasing pack. So, and I said, I predict Chelsea will pick up a draw. That, that game will be a draw. We'll see what happens. That's the only game that I went for a draw. Um, but maybe Chelsea, but, but like I said, I think maybe Chelsea might win it. Maybe Everton might nick it. Who knows? We'll see what's there. We'll, we might do a, a reaction show for that game. So stay tuned on uh, our social channels, Twitter, Facebook, the links in the description below. So you can, you know, stay tuned and be updated. If we do have a video that, that, uh, that drops, uh, you can, we can be uh, notified about that. But uh Otherwise, uh, it's a fantastic weekend. I mean, there's such great uh, games to watch and so many great results that makes everything interesting, doesn't it? Again, all over again. Just as we're starting to get a little bit boring, a little bit uh, annoying, the Premier League spices it up for us. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's good drama. It's good to watch. And uh, definitely looking forward to what the, the games tomorrow bring. And then it's the Champions League back again. Uh, there's, there's a couple of uh, teams that are going to be knocked out uh, this week. And then we've got the Europa League, some big games there as well. So a lot of football. It just never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. But uh, please do smash a like if you enjoyed this video and if you enjoyed any of the results that your team pulled out, uh, we'll appreciate it. And send me your comments. Let me know what you think about the games that took place and what do you think is going to happen uh, this coming week and uh, who do you think is going to make the top four? Who do you think is going to miss out? Uh, do you think City are back in a title, having sucked in a title, title race? Do you think United still have time to win the title? I don't think so, but let me know if you think. Uh, what do you think? Uh, and please do subscribe to the channel if you're new and you know, really appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Um, and I'm going to keep producing videos and your support really helps in doing that. So please do subscribe and help with that. Um, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care. Have a good rest of your weekend, uh, what is left of it. And hope you enjoy your week. Uh, we'll be back again very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.